Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on the Birth Nurses Podcast. Hello, Liz. Good morning. Welcome back to the Birth Nurses Podcast, everyone. Hi, everyone. Um, we haven't been in the studio for a, a little bit, huh? No, <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't um, cut that. <laughs> um, mentioning the studio, I just want to say, like, we come here to Upside Down Studios in Westwood in Los Angeles, and we love it. It's an awesome it. space. It's cozy. We have our microphones. Liz is sitting on a couch right now. Yeah, we have our engineer. Um, and they make us sound good. So if Thank you're you, looking upside down in Westwood, upside down studios. If you guys are looking for a studio for podcast recording, music recording, uh, if you're a solo act, a band, um, yeah, I know they have a podcast and like upside down has a podcast and we record here too. Anyway. Oh, and our editor and mixer is actually my twin brother. And he runs Spirit Vision Studios in Oregon. And um and we get to benefit from his Shout skill out to set. Twin brother. Yeah. Anyway, sweet. Long story long. <laughs> And today we are going to do a birth bit. If you guys remember, we sometimes do birth bits or breastfeeding bits where they're short, sweet episodes talking about a particular area of birth in the hospital or breastfeeding issues. And today we're doing a birth bit on C-section prep. So tell us more about that, Liz. Okay. So cesarean birth, um, a few scenarios, uh, intraoperative complications arise. Mm. So there's a set of circumstances. Preoperative could mean that you're in labor and then we decide it's time for a C-section or a scheduled C-section. Yeah. So when people come in for a scheduled C-section, we do a lot of consents and then we look at your history and where you are in the risk category. We don't want to frighten anybody, but lots of times I'm curious to find out that my patients don't really have a big picture of some of the things that can go on in the operating room. For instance, when I start a second IV, so they've just got an IV placed, I've drawn blood, I've started IV fluids, and then I say, now I have to put one in the other arm because you're at risk. What is what is at risk? Let's what, say what you are have they at a risk placenta for? previa. This is your third C-section. You have twins. You have previous hemorrhage. Yeah. You have a history of a bleeding disorder. So the second IV would be for infusing blood products if ne- if needed. Any kind of fluid I need to run yeah. a lot and fast, mm. it's got to be there. So don't get worried. It's there. I often tell people it's likely that I'm not going to use it. 
and we'll pull it out several hours after surgery. You'll yeah. only have one left for 24 hours. But that's just one of the things that, hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you do, but do you have a C-section class oh, yeah, where you course. talk about all of this Absolutely. in detail? It's a two-hour class. Wow, that's awesome. usually wrap it up in an hour and a half. But we go through the entire scenario from post-op to intra-op to, uh, so, wow. excuse me, pre-op to intraoperative, post-operative, and then a few days after. Yeah. Absolutely. It's important. The next thing is sort of the condition of the room. When we walk into the operating room, it's very light and there's a lot of activity. Mm. And I think people are often thinking that it's going to be pretty. It is an operating room. <laughs> there are stainless steel surfaces and tile. There's no window treatments. It's all white walls and yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like an operating room. Right. So remember, just because we're in labor and delivery, our operating operating rooms meet the same criteria as any other operating room in the hospital as mm -hmm. far as their standards of care and what it needs to look like and how it needs to function. And it's cold. So one of the things that I hear over and over again is that the OR is cold because it inhibits bacteria growth. And that's completely not true. <laughs> like, well, it, then it would fact, need to be as cold as a refrigerator, absolutely. right? <laughs> in fact, um, it can be quite the opposite. Uh, and maintaining a normal body temperature during surgery can help lower infection. So when it's cold in the room, we want to warm you by using mm. warming methods such as gowns and warm blankets and an actual warming device that blows warm air underneath you. The bear hugger, right? The bear hugger. <laughs> B-A-I-R hugger. Is that a bear hugger plug? Um, we keep it cool for the comfort of the operating room staff. Mm. We are often with a hat, always, a mask, always, a pair of scrubs, and on top, a gown, two pairs of gloves, booties. It's hot yes. under there. And um, we don't want our surgeons overheating over yeah, right. or sweating <laughs> into your incisions. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you can let go of the whole, you can't grow bacteria in cold because we know that that's not true. Right. We do everything we can to make you comfy. Um, the anesthesiologist and nurses should be monitoring your temperature during mm -hmm. and after surgery because we also want to do skin to skin. Right. And what I don't want to do is put a cold baby on, a, 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 you know, a baby that's just been born on a cold mom. Right. Body temperature is very important and we don't want mom or baby to get hypothermic that can cause right. complications. Hey there, it's Shana Brickner. I am an international board certified lactation consultant and a former labor and delivery nurse. I want to let you know something really exciting. I can accept insurance for lactation visits. If you have Aetna, Cigna, Oscar, United Healthcare, Tricare West, or HealthNet PPO, then it is very likely that we can have six or more lactation visits completely covered by your insurance. This can be a home visit or a virtual visit. If the financial side of things have been holding you back from setting up an appointment with me, don't let it. Email me or go to my website, www.preparented.com, to schedule a visit with me for any lactation issue. I can help you with low or high milk supply, clogged ducts, pumping, latching, bottle feeding, tongue tire, lip tie, using a nipple shield, positioning difficulties, introducing solid food, or weaning. 
I'd love to help you reach your parenting goals, your breastfeeding goals. So please reach out to me. My email is shana at preparented.com and then my website, www.preparented.com. Now a couple of things about the medications. Mm. We use medications to help abate nausea. Nausea is a very common complication. It can be as a result of low blood pressure after spinal or epidural anesthesia. Um, sometimes triggered by irrigation of the cavity inside your abdomen with saline. We irrigate. That can also trigger nausea and vomiting. I didn't know that. Um, wow. Touching certain parts, certain layers that we're going through can mm. actually trigger a vagal response and wow. make you feel nauseated. Um, usually the anesthesiologist or nurse anesthetist will give you a cocktail of Antimimetics, those are nausea medications, which can help alleviate or decrease nausea. Um, it's also can be caused by drugs that are needed to control bleeding. And so don't get nervous. It's a terrible thing to be nauseated. I feel like there's nothing worse. I am a person. I would rather be in pain than be nauseated any day of the week. Wow. I think, you know what? I think I might choose that path too. Oh, I hate the worst. it. Yeah. So it, people get worried. Right. Oh my God, something's wrong with me. I just want you to know mm -hmm. it's normal, although we will do everything we can to alleviate that nausea. Yeah. There are medications that we give for hemorrhaging that can cause um, significant body uh, temperature rise. Mm. Um, that feeling of hot flashes. Those are called prostaglandins. We give them in very high doses when we suspect that you're bleeding too mm. much. Um, that usually lasts a couple of hours. It's called Cytotec. More medicines that can make you feel icky. Oh, the medicines. I know. And there are medications that can actually make you have diarrhea, which is oh, very yes. unpleasant when you're recovering in the recovery room. Yeah. So we give medications to alleviate that at right. the same time that we're giving you medicines to stop bleeding. Right. So you may have a course that is ho-hum, boring, very typical, and you may be a person who comes in and is worried about it's so cold, it's so bright, there's so many people. Yeah. How many here. people are usually in the operating Great room? Great question. So in class... I often ask that question just because I'm curious about what their picture in their head. Yeah. People say often like four to five, which cracks me up because mom and yeah, partner. You already is exceeded two. that amount. <laughs> yeah. Or what about doctor? And we have a surgeon, an anesthesiologist, an assistant, uh -huh. and a scrub yeah. nurse or technician, mm -hmm. and an anesthesiologist, and then a circulating nurse. And a nursery nurse that's intercepting the baby. And, the baby, yeah. and oftentimes there's another RN in the room charting or helping circulate mm -hmm. and make sure we have all the supplies sometimes we need. Sometimes the charge nurse pops in that's to see right. how things are going. That's right. And sometimes the neonatologist mm -hmm. or a NICU nurse. So there can be upwards of 10 people in your operating room. That is yep. when people are like, oh my gosh, why are there so many people in here? This is scary. And I usually say something like, this is just how we roll. <laughs> this is normal for us. And you figure out how to like navigate around everybody. Excuse me, excuse me. Everybody's <laughs> sort of in their lane. Uh -huh. um, if there's anything that seems urgent or it turns into an emergency, there can be upwards to 15 people in the yeah. operating room. So remember, medications can make you feel ill shaky, sweaty, mm. or cold. Medications can make you feel nauseated. 
if you're a person who nauseates easily, I ask you to ask your anesthesiologist for everything that you can uh, throw at a person preoperatively. They're really good about that. Cocktail of Zofran and Reglan and sometimes Decadron, and these things can really be helpful. Yeah. Um, don't worry about the amount of people in the room. We have as many people in the operating room as we need to accomplish what we need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're having an emergency, that means we've decided to do a C-section immediately. We can do that so much faster with, with more people. More people. Yep. Just get that job done. Yep. Everybody has a purpose in the OR and yeah, whole team's there to intercept that baby. I usually there say in my birth class, I mean, I don't have a two-hour C-section class. I maybe talk about C-section for like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. But um, I usually say your anesthesiologist will be your buddy. They're right by your head. They're hopefully, you know, saying encouraging things. And, Absolutely. Um, checking all of your Sometimes vital signs. Sometimes they're really signs. good photographers too. Oh, yeah. Like you want... You want me to take a picture of that baby while it's coming out? Right. <laughs> they're they're available. They're available. So. Yeah. And, and they run the music. Right. <laughs> they better have a good playlist. For your... Get that playlist to help alleviate anxiety <laughs> in the operating Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Thank you so much. This was really helpful. And I think we should do another episode on post-op and recovery. Absolutely. Because that's a whole other, a whole other birth yeah, we'll bit. We'll split it up and, into some bits. Yeah. Great idea. Next but, time, the recovery room. Yes. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thanks, Liz. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as Birth Nurse Liz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.